Could BYU and the Big 12 have a new negotiating partner when it comes to their media rights negotiations coming up for their next media rights deal? Well, Notre Dame might very well be in the case, according to one national insider. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU's defensive end position. Can they finally, can this be the year that they finally step up and become the unit BYU fans have been hoping for? We got all of that ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Our title sponsor today is our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, getting going on today's show. Uh, those of you who may be new to the show our goal here we are a daily podcast dedicated to all things BYU football and basketball heavy emphasis always but we cover it all when it comes to the Cougars uh, I I have the goal here and I, I say this all often for any of you who listen to this podcast and or watch it on a regular basis I talk all the time about making you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room that's the goal here. That's what I love doing. I love talking BYU sports. And for those of you who may also may be wondering about, about my background, my name is Jay Catch. Once again, I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning drive on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM. Always fun to talk about all things sports, but my particular emphasis, I've been covering BYU professionally for over a decade now and absolutely love doing it, and that's why I enjoy doing this podcast. All right, so with that uh, out of the way, let's talk about an interesting report that came from Dennis Dodd, and Dennis Dodd uh, is obviously one of the foremost insiders when it comes to the college football universe. I, I've uh, read and paid attention to Dennis Dodd's work, man, I don't know how long, since I was a young child, he's been doing it uh forever. And what I love about him is he's a guy who is not uh, going to, he's not going to just blow fluff out there just to blow fluff. He's not going to uh, just throw something out there and oh, I'm going to throw that against the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, he has a report out saying that Notre Dame, yes, the Fighting Irish will remain independent if it can le- earn at least $75 million annually in media rights revenue from its current broadcast partner in NBC that's coming via sources uh, telling him that. Their deal with the network is, is set to expire in 2025. Now, NBC's negotiations are expected to extend across the next two to three weeks, according to Dodd, according to the source. Uh, The network, speaking of NBC, has been the rights holder for Notre Dame home football games since 1991. 31 years of NBC and Notre Dame working together. The current deal for the Irish averages $15 million per year, but Notre Dame is earning $22 million annually due to the backloaded nature of their current contract. So, How in the world does this relate to the Big 12 and BYU? Well, uh, if they want to more than triple their uh, income, that's if they're making $22 million, you want to make $75 million, that's more than triple what Notre Dame is making right now. NBC is now looking uh, at what they are calling shoulder programming. That's the quote. Uh, In this case, games played before and or after Notre Dame's games from a Power 5 conference to enhance its college football coverage. Obviously, if you want to pay more in the college football 
football space? Well, you need more product to be able to sell to advertisers. You can't just have Notre Dame and say, you know what, Notre Dame, we just love you so much. We're going to pay you triple that amount. I'm sure NBC could open up the pocketbook if they wanted to do that, but it would be a losing proposition in terms of just the overall margins. Uh, the profit margins is what they're looking at. So that shoulder programming is where both the big 10 and now the big 12 factor into this. Uh, in the report here from Dennis Dye says, when such a move had been speculated previously, the Big Ten was, a, was the conference mentioned most often as a target. However, the Big 12 has emerged as a strong option to fill NBC's shoulder programming needs. The Big Ten is expected to announce a new media right still worth uh, $1 billion, possibly as early as this month with Fox as its primary partner. Uh, that is where NBC could still get into the mix with regards to the Big Ten, but the Big 12 uh, could make all kinds of sense because the Big 12's media rights are coming up about the same time as Notre Dame's. Quote uh, from Dodd's report, outgoing Big 12 commissioner had not heard anything specific on NBC targeting the Big 12 for additional programming, but said that such a move, quote, makes sense. The Big 12 may be one of the few leagues with inventory available as its media rights rights deal also expires in 2025. I think this would actually be a really good thing. You can get on to NBC, Channel 5 here locally in the state of Utah, and either you're playing before as the lead-in game to a Notre Dame game, or you're playing after Notre Dame as kind of the hook to keep fans on the network. That's a great thing for the Big 12 if this can ultimately come to fruition. Obviously, there are so many moving parts still to be determined with this, but if Notre Dame absolutely wants to make that much money, well, the Big 12 absolutely should pursue a potential partnership with NBC. I am of the opinion that ESPN is probably going to be the main rights holder when it comes to big the Big 12 uh, when they come up for their media rights negotiations here in the next little bit. I just see them uh, wanting to fill all of their different network slot, slots. Excuse me. Speaking of ESPN and they are obviously going to be a player. Fox could be a player. You could see some of these streaming platforms, Apple, uh, what am I thinking? Not Spotify, uh, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, all those could be in the mix, but I fully expect linear TV, cable TV will be the main rights holder for the Big 12. And if NBC wants to be a part of that, if you're the Big 12, as Brett Yormark said, the conference is, quote, open for business. You absolutely pursue that. Now, I am interested to see if Notre Dame really can throw away that throw around that much weight to more than triple its annual income. It wants to match the Big Ten. Obviously, the Big Ten's reportedly going to be making per school between $75 and $100 million. That's that $75 million figure. That's why Notre Dame wants that, because Notre Dame values its independence. It's been independent for 100-plus years. They joined the ACC for that one football season during the pandemic in 2020. But outside of that, they have always been a football independent, and they want to pursue staying that way if at all possible could things change where they are forced to join the big the big 10 potentially or the sec or the acc or the big 12 absolutely things could precipitate such a move but the current circumstances being what they are they are chasing every avenue to both a boost their output in terms of the overall money they're making and b maintain their independent status and i completely get that now with regards to Notre Dame and BYU, I had a person on our YouTube comments call me ignorant yesterday for my comments about BYU and Notre Dame. I don't appreciate that term, but I'm going to turn the other cheek and just move on from that. I just The biggest thing with this with regards to BYU and Notre Dame playing in Las Vegas is one piece of the puzzle was answered via an interview on BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation, and that came by way of Deputy Athletic Director uh, Brian Santiago. He joined Dave McCann as well as Jerem Jordan to talk 
talk about the Notre Dame ticket situation and how things are playing out with this game in Notre Dame. Uh, the quotes in there said that this was a, a years-long negotiation trying to get Notre Dame to agree to come to BYU. And there was a Notre Dame fan that hopped in the comments as well and said, well, there's no benefit. I'm a Notre Dame fan. There's no benefit to playing BYU in Pro. It's like playing Toledo. There's no benefit to us. Well, guess what? Two previous iterations of Notre Dame weren't afraid to come to BYU and come to Provo and play that game. I was there in the stands in 2004 when BYU took on Notre Dame. It was one of the coolest games I can remember, and I would love to see that happen again. But it sounds like Notre Dame was just playing hardball and steadfastly refused to play in Provo. The question I had, and I did not have this answer yesterday, so let me add this to my comments yesterday. I'm not backtracking in any way. I actually stand by those comments. I don't think BYU should have been as uh, passive as I feel like they were in this deal with Notre Dame. But the quote here from Brian Santiago says this quote, it's very actually very beneficial for us financially to play this game in Las Vegas. Notre Dame has been very generous to us and we're getting the game. In our estimation, it's kind of a double benefit for us. Financially very viable for us to go play the game. Notre Dame very generous and we're actually playing the game in a place where we're very comfortable playing. The playing in Las Vegas has never been a question for me. The biggest thing was how much of the money was Notre Dame going to control? And it appears if I'm reading between the lines here. Notre Dame is cutting BYU in on the gate of this Shamrock Series game, and that's the only way I see it being a positive for BYU to have agreed to this deal. You need to get more money than just having a reduced amount of tickets and having Notre Dame control all the rights. Those comments to me scream that Notre Dame, to get BYU to agree to this, said, we'll cut you in on the gate. And some of you may not know what the gate means. The gate is the overall income from that game. Typically, home teams, they take the vast majority of that money. It's the home gate, but they do cut in opposing teams. I am expecting that Notre Dame actually gave BYU probably a bigger portion of that expected gate for this game to get BYU to agree to it. Now, if you are planning on going to this game, according to what I'm reading, $95 is the beginning face value for the worst tickets in the stadium, and it could go up to between $400 and $500 in the lower bowl going to be a hot ticket, folks. That's just the face value tickets. Think of what the secondary market will do with their markups after these tickets go on sale. By the way, uh, if you have friends in the President Circle or the Legacy Club with regards to BYU and the Cougar Club, well, today's the day to get in their good graces because at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, that's when tickets go on sale and those will be the first people to have crack at those. They can get up to 10 tickets a piece, I believe, is the official number being released to those members of the Cougar Club. But very interesting stuff all the way around for B- for Notre Dame. But if the Big 12 can uh, kind of benefit from this, go for it. I'm totally on board with that, and it sure appears. And let me add this. BYU is benefiting from playing Notre Dame. I just – one last thing on the Notre Dame thing. It's Notre Dame. I get who Notre Dame is. The luster of Notre Dame, it's worn off on me. I, call me an old, crusty bugger. I just – I don't get the sheen that Notre Dame continues to put off. I know they're a national brand and maybe the national brand in certain circles. I I don't know. It's just They just don't do it for me in the way that things kind of played out here. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So if you want to call me ignorant for that, do so. But don't expect me not to take exception to being called ignorant because that's a pretty strong term to be calling somebody on the internet. I'm just going to say that. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip the page. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU in their defensive end position. This is a group going back to the beginning of the Kalani Satake tenure that has just been a uh, 
always talked about. They they need to step up annually. It's one of the talking points about BYU's defense. Can the defensive ends get more pressure on opposing QBs, get the sacks, force fumbles, just push the pocket? We'll talk about who they've got in that room and what the potential is for them to quote-unquote break out this season. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn one more time. Uh, you might be a hiring manager. You may own your own small business. LinkedIn is here to help you guys find the people you want to interview faster and for free. The best part is you can create a free job post in just minutes with LinkedIn Jobs and reach your network and beyond with the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you are hiring. They feature quick, uh, simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and to hire. It's why small businesses have rated LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Check it out, my friends. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Uh, beginning yesterday and continuing on throughout this week, the Locked On Network is giving you the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It began yesterday, continues on throughout this week. It's a very interesting thing because this 50 player countdown is going to be different than most traditional 50 player countdowns in the NFL. Obviously, you probably have like the number one guy is Patrick Mahomes. I would assume that this list is going to have Pat Mahomes atop it, but there may be other players that move the line more in a betting circumstance which is the bet online's more focused on, and that may be why they are ranked more highly in the bet online top 50 than maybe your own personal 50 or another 50-player list that's out there in the world. All right, let's talk a little BYU football and the defensive ends position for BYU. I think this is a group that has gotten an undue amount of attention and scrutiny since Kalani Satake came to BYU, and I understand why it's gotten the scrutiny because Kalani Satake, when is the defensive coordinator at Utah, had absolutely absolutely incredible defensive lines, and in particular, his defensive ends were annually double-digit sack machines. They were just absolutely lights out, coming off the edge, making life miserable for opposing teams, but in six years at BYU, it really hasn't manifested itself the same type of results that he had during his time at Utah. Are the defensive philosophies different? Yeah, I would I would say that they are different. I think Utah's got a different philosophy of how they go about things. I think there are different type of athletes that Utah recruits versus what BYU has been able to recruit. I think BYU's been trying to get to the level that Utah's recruiting at, but they are not there. Maybe they will never get to that level. I, just an argument to be made there. But the defensive ends for BYU, the, at bare minimum this year, they have to be better. they got to have better output. I don't necessarily care about increasing the sack numbers. I think the sack numbers are, are a byproduct of an improved pass rush as a whole, whether that's the linebackers, the defensive tackles, defensive ends all working as a whole, even in certain circumstances, it's the defensive backs helping out with that. The biggest thing is BYU's defensive ends need to create more pressure and wreak havoc in the backfield for opposing quarterbacks. There have been too many times in BYU's recent past, think about it, these quarterbacks that are on the opposing team just get comfortable in the pocket and all of a sudden they're completing five, six, seven passes in a row and these are seemingly just untouchable because BYU's defensive line can't get home. 
I am hopeful that BYU's defensive line can do better about this. So I've got my trusty little, uh, it's a prospectus that BYU put out, and I wrote down some notes on the defensive ends for BYU that we're going to talk about here. And I think this position group begins and ends with Tyler Batty. Six foot five, 275 pounds now. Jeez, he is everything you want in a defensive end. Like Batty just is the epitome of a 4-3 defensive end, and you expect him to have a better season this year for BYU. He had five and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, three quarterback hits a year ago. The hope is that you could probably see those numbers double. Is that a... Is that a goal that you would want to see? I would think so. But the biggest thing is he needs somebody opposite him to take some of the pressure off of him. And that is a guy like uh, Logan Fano, who's who I think a lot of us, my, my, myself included, we kind of pegged our hopes on Logan being that guy. Well, spring ball came and he obviously got injured, tore his ACL, and he's going to miss at least the vast majority of the season, if not all of it, recovering from that injury. So who is in the mix that can help take pressure on the opposite side of Tyler Batty off of him? Uh, That's the big question because you have guys like Hunter Greer on this list, Fisher Jackson, Blake Mangelson, Isaiah Moa, or ICE as they call him, Alden Tofa, Earl Tuioti Mariner, who are all listed on BYU's depth chart at the defensive end spots. None of those in my mind scream a guy who is like, okay, that's the home run guy like I thought Logan Fano was. And everything I heard about Logan Fano going into spring ball and during spring ball before he got injured was that he was really the four-star pass rusher that BYU had recruited him to be out of Timview High School. So the biggest thing for BYU now at defensive end is you have to have a approach of by committee for these defensive ends. You need Alden Tofa, Fisher Jackson, Ice Moa, Hunter Greer. You you need all of them to work together to get pressure on the quarterback and take those double teams away from a guy like Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty, in my mind, if he leaves BYU without having a 8, 9, 10 sack season, it feels like in some ways it may be just a missed opportunity for him. He does have some time on his side if he decides to play out his eligibility. He will only be a sophomore this year, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy to think about, considering he's been at BYU for so long. The other thing about Tyler Batty is he's got to stay healthy. That's the number one thing. There have been too many times he's been seemingly on the verge of breaking out, and all of a sudden injury derails him, and it kind of throws him... It's like uh, two steps back for one step forward, and he needs to stay healthy. That's the number one thing. Now, these other players out there, they've all got pretty good size. Guys like Blake Bangleson, six foot five, 250 pounds. If you want to talk about the bigger defensive ends, like uh, Earl Tuioti Mariner, who's going to be playing along the defensive line this year for BYU, kind of step in where Lorenzo Fawatea was figuring to step in last year before he got injured. Guy like Earl Tuioti Mariner is listed at six foot four, two hundred and eighty-eight pounds. Mangelson, excuse me, not even two fifty. He's two seventy now. And then also a guy like John Nelson, who is probably going to jump between defensive tackle and defensive end. He's at that strong end position, which is kind of a glorified defensive tackle position. Six foot four, two seventy-five. So BYU's got a bunch of girth on this defensive end. The issue is getting guys to get pressure on the quarterback. That's where I think a guy that I am thinking should have a great senior season because he's been in the program long enough and he is a guy coming into BYU who's expected to be a pass rushing machine. It's Alden Tofa. If his head is right and he gets his skill set uh, kind of tuned up the way that I think it could be, he could be an absolute force off the edge. They list him at six foot four, 272 pounds. Alden's played about 240 and 250 during most of his BYU career. So he is bulked up this year. And if that added bulk and the ostensibly muscle that he has added makes him a more effective pass rusher, 
that is the guy who could be the quote-unquote dark horse for this defensive end position. Am I saying that it's going to happen? No, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they need to find an answer at defensive end. I think sacks as a singular statistic are overblown. Let me be very clear about that. I love when a guy gets sacked. It means that the opposing team is behind the sticks and that type of stuff, but a sack in and of itself is not the perfect designation for an effective pass rush and an effective defensive ends unit. The bigger thing is... They need to be able to make these quarterbacks uncomfortable where they have what they call happy feet. They're dancing in the pocket, and they're not able to set their feet when they make their throws. If they're throwing off balance, that is when BYU is going to have its best opportunity in the back end of the defense with their secondary, their linebackers dropping into coverage to make plays on those balls. If it comes out a little wonky, get your hand up in the passing lanes, the defensive lineman, you deflect it. Those are the plays that have been missing for a lot of the tenure for Kalani Sitake from this defensive ends unit. I think Tyler Batty is one answer to the defensive end conundrum that BYU has faced. The issue is, I thought Logan Fano was like the part B to his A or the 1A to the 1B. You get what I'm talking about. I thought Logan Fano was the answer to that. It's going to be another year before we see Logan Fano really show what he can do, it feels like. So that is where a guy like Alden Tofa has got to take it upon himself and say, you know what? That job is mine and I'm going to show out what I show what I can do. Could a guy like Fisher Jackson emerge? Absolutely. Six foot five, 245 pound sophomore out of Harriman High School. And also could Isaiah Moa emerge? Sure. Isaiah Moa is not necessarily the most gifted pass rusher. He's six foot three, 245 five pounds. He's kind of the smaller uh, version of a defensive end. I'm of the opinion that Moa, if he continues to grow into his frame, actually could end up playing at defensive tackle for BYU or maybe be playing strong end when he gains 30 to 40 pounds. He's weighing, what, 280 at that point? That's kind of think where his the, the end goal for a guy like Ice Moa is going to be. But the bigger thing is, does he, have, does he have an opportunity this year as a true freshman, as an early enrollee who's already gone through spring ball to really show what he can do in training camp? Absolutely. The biggest goal for this defensive ends unit is to find the opposite player of Tyler Batty. You need to find somebody who can help take pressure off of him. If you don't, guess what? Tyler Batty is going to be frustrated all season long because double teams are going to be schemed his way. Defensive line uh, adjustments will be needed to free him up, but teams are just going to scheme their whole defense to say, okay, where is Tyler Batty? Where's number 92? Okay, make sure that we slide our protection towards him. Make sure he does not get after the quarterback. We'll take our chances with X, Y, and Z over on this other side, but we're not letting that guy blow it up for us. That is the biggest thing for BYUs. You've got to make opposing teams game plan for all of your defensive line. No longer can it be the focus of one or two guys for the defensive line. they got to worry about three and four and maybe even five guys in circumstances coming after the quarterback. If you find the answers to those, it could be a good year for the defensive ends for BYU. And training camp will go a long way towards telling us if those answers are coming. But really, the true answer, maybe we won't be able to evaluate fully until maybe midseason at the earliest. Maybe the end of season is really when we'll know, hey, they did find the answer. Or B, they didn't find the answer. And they're back to the drawing board once again and hoping and praying the guy like Logan Fano is healthy for 2023. But we'll see how it all shakes out. The defensive ends... A lot of intrigue, a lot of promise, but they have a lot of pressure on them. There might be some undue pressure in a way, but when you haven't had a standout defensive line and a pass rush, especially during the entire tenure of Kalani Satake as a head coach, I, I okay, you can debate effective, I suppose, but the biggest thing is it's just not been what BYU fans expected 
and or what they do expect moving forward. Maybe this is the year. Fingers crossed. Maybe this is the year the defensive ends break out for BYU. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with some final notes. Uh, some Cougars getting preseason honors rolling in. That's obviously it's talking season. It's also watch list season. Uh, by the way, congratulations to all of you on making whichever watch list you happen to have an interest in. If you want to be on the Maxwell watch list, we'll talk about Jaron Hall. Well, you may be on that as well. Everybody's on these lists, but we'll talk about them coming up here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. For all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf, get over to BetOnline.net as they are your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And the best part is uh, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts like this one, and news this season. BetOnline, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's so much fun to do. I, I, it, it, I, I sit down and people wonder, okay, well, how do you do this? Well, it's just it's what I talk about every single day. It's the fun part about it. I can do this uh, theoretically in my sleep. I wouldn't be able to do it in my sleep. But the nice part is I've got a lot of institutional knowledge. It makes it a lot easier to do what I do here on the podcast. But before we go here, let's talk about some uh, preseason award watch list honorees. Uh, BYU junior quarterback Jaron Hall has been named to the watch list for the prestigious Maxwell Award presented annually by the Maxwell Football Club to the most outstanding player in college football. Uh, very typically, whoever wins the Heisman Trophy also wins the Maxwell Award. It's now in its 86th year. It is named in the honor of Robert Tiny Maxwell, who's a football standout at Swar- Swar- Swarthmore College and then later a sports writer and football official. Uh, Hall absolutely had a fantastic season a year ago. He'll need to up it if he wants to win this award, obviously. But semifinals will be announced on November 1st with the three finalists being unveiled on November 22nd. They will obviously have the winner announced as part of the ESPN Home Depot College Football award show held on December 8th. So really fun stuff. Congratulations to Jaron Hall on that front. And then one of the guys uh, tasked with protecting him is BYU junior offensive lineman Clark Barrington is being named to the Sporting News 2022 preseason All-American second team as well as the Lindy Sports preseason All-American second team. That is now the fourth, yeah, four uh, preseason All-American citations for Clark Barrington. He's previously on the Phil Still All-American first team and also the Athlon Sports third team. So really, really fun stuff for Clark Barrington. Dude is maybe one of the more undersung and underrated BYU standout players. He's an offensive lineman. I get it. They kind of toil in anonymity. That's the phrase I like to use. It's just their job. They don't necessarily get a lot of the pub, but when a guy like Clark Barrington is getting all kinds of preseason All-American accolades, we probably should pay a little more attention to a guy like that, and congratulations to him on getting those awards. So there you go. That is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Uh, make sure you guys follow the show on social media, by the way. It's kind of where the show never stops. We're retweeting stuff, commenting on things. Check it out. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you want to wait with any of your thoughts at any time on my own personal Twitter feed, reach out. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch or email the show lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Uh, if you have a business, by the way, that's looking to advertise for this upcoming football season, you want to get in front of thousands of BYU fans, both here in Utah along the Wasatch Front and beyond that, even a national and in some cases an international audience, well, 
now's the time to get on. We are taking advertising inquiries. If you'd like to reach out, once again, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. I meant to talk about the NFL Shrine Games 1,000-player countdown or their watch list that involves a number of BYU athletes. Well, some other news preempted that, namely that Notre Dame deal with the Big 12. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show and also continue our position group previews uh, talking about BYU football ahead of training camp kicking up, kicking off in just under two weeks' time, folks. It is coming fast. Get ready for it. We'll have it all covered for you guys right here on Locked On Cougars. One more time, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast your second listen of the day. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job making sure you guys are apprised of everything going on in BYU's new conference home. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.